Amen. I'm going to start off reading to you from Hebrews. For some of you who maybe haven't been with us, uh, we've been talking about on Sundays and Wednesdays, basically, you know, the children of Israel and the process. Moses had to go through a process to become the leader that he was, that God chose him to be. Even though he was called uh, from the foundations of the earth to be that leader, he had, he had gone through a process. The same thing with the children of Israel. When they were delivered from Egypt, they, they, that process that they were going through, you know, through uh, the desert, through the wilderness, there is a process. So we're going to continue now in Hebrews, and most of, I think most of what we speak about this morning will be Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we have believed, for we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in this way. God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Father, please again add your blessing to your word. So we're going to break this down a little bit. In uh, Hebrews, in the first chapter, I'm sorry, in the fourth chapter, but in the first verse, it says, there, since there remains a, a promise of entering his rest, this promise remains of entering his rest, and lest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. My brothers and sisters, many of you have been in the Word, and you may understand already, but rest, this rest, this repose, this this rest, I think of rest as, man, I need a vacation. I need to, you know, stop working for a little while and go and just relax, sit back. And this does mean that to a degree, but not to the same degree as I understand it in my human thinking. This is just a, a repose, a relaxation, a secession of something, but not everything. Okay? So when I think of rest, I'm, I'm going to secede from everything. I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to veg out. But that's not what this word is saying. We're, when we're entering in, into his rest. So now continuing, for indeed, verse 2, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So, so my brothers and sisters, think about this for a minute. They were looking forward to the promise. We know that the, the Old Testament speaks looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when the word says this to me, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Them who? Obviously, these, is, this is speaking of the children coming that, out of Israel, those who were freed from Israel, those who uh, fled and came out from the oppression, who were delivered from the, the bondage of Pharaoh and the Egyptians and on their way to the promised land. But remember one very, very important thing that we all discussed a couple of weeks ago. The Lord was very specific. Let my people go that they may worship me. See, the goal again, the goal, remember, the goal wasn't the promised land. The goal was to worship God, to be God's servants, to be God's people, to be identified with God, to be in relationship with God. Amen? Okay. So now here, so it says now that the gospel was preached to them. The gospel was preached to them. That's Italian, so don't let that scare you. The gospel was preached to them. How could that be? Jesus hadn't even, they were looking forward to that. I'm so glad that you asked. So remember the bitter waters. Remember they came upon the bitter waters. Uh, uh, and and, and what, did, what did Moses do? God told him, stick the tree in the water. Right? Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. 
So that was speaking of the coming Messiah. All the curses, everything that made that water bitter where it's cleaned by that tree. Amen? That's awesome stuff. So in a lot of this stuff, all they, if, if, listen, if they would have just obeyed God, if they would have just went ahead and worshipped God, God wouldn't have had to show them all of these things, but they were complaining. And they, you know, every time something went wrong, you know, let's go back there under the oppression. You guys have been with us. You know that. So then also in, um, in Numbers 21, Remember, uh, they were talking bad, they being the children of Israel. They were talking bad about uh, the Lord and Moses because, you know, they're out in this desert. They're getting sick and tired of being sick and tired in this desert. They're, you know, we had three squares and a and, and little shelter in Egypt. Even though we were being ground to the dirt by Pharaoh, at least we, we knew where some food was coming from. We had some water. We had some supplies, so on and so forth. We should have stayed back there. You know, the constant complaining, the constant looking at their circumstances and forgetting about the God who delivered them. So now they're in that, and they're complaining again. So there were these poisonous snakes that was in the camp of the Israelis. And they were biting the Israelis. Fiery serpents they're described as because they're venomous and they're, they're causing them pain and causing them death. So they realize, and they go to Moses, go to God on our behalf. So Moses prays to the Lord and Moses says, and I'm sorry, and the Lord says to Moses, take a bronze servant, take a bronze servant and put it on the pole and raise it up. And everyone who will look upon that, they won't die. If I be lifted up. See, Jesus was lifted up on that tree. He was lifted up on a pole. He was lifted up on that beam. And all the curses hung there with him. So that snake, that bronze snake, represented all the curses, everything. that, And they looked upon it. So they're having the gospel preached to them. They're seeing these things. God is showing them. Again, looking forward. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. But remember also, my brothers and sisters, they, 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 got to, they got to look forward to the promise, but they had something to base a belief in God on already. They saw what God did. Remember, when they crossed the Red Sea, they, saw, they crossed that Red Sea, they literally saw the army of Pharaoh coming upon them and there was a cloud that stood between them and Pharaoh's army so that they, they, didn't, they wouldn't have to worry about them being attacked while they're way up against this Red Sea. God is parting the Red Sea and it didn't happen like Charlton Heston said it happened where he stood up there, raised his hands instantaneously apart. No, he caused the wind to blow and it's blowing all night and they're set, standing there and what did, what did Moses say? Stand and watch the salvation of your Lord. Stand here. Stand still. Don't watch them. Watch what God is doing. So they get in the middle of this desert. They're going out there to have fellowship with God, to worship God. And they keep looking at what the enemy of their soul is doing. They keep looking at their circumstances. And in the middle of their circumstances, they talk against God. They talk against God's messenger, God's prophet. And they continue to do that. So they have all... Man, I can relate. And so God is showing them as He's going. He showed them His power when he parted that sea. He showed them his power as he caused it collapse on Pharaoh's army. And they're standing on the opposite side watching the dead bodies wash up on shore. They sing songs and they praise God's holy name. They see the power of God firsthand. But they still get out there, just like old Tony sometimes, get in the middle of circumstances and situations and forget about that God's power that delivered. So they look and they see and they see that bronze serpent. And so now, now God is teaching them something else. And remember there was another time. Um, 
They didn't have any water, and God told Moses, strike the rock. Right? Strike the rock. Water flowed out of it. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, that manna that God raised down from heaven. Amen? And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. They were having the gospel preached to them all along. God is showing them. God is, 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 is trying to do everything that He can do to make Himself visible. In fact, He even come down on Mount Sinai. He started speaking to them. It didn't just go to Moses. He came down on that mountain and He is literally, they're hearing the voice of God. But it scares them. It's trembling in its power and in its fury and it scares them. And so they say, Moses, you go talk to Him. It speaks in Corinthians about the bread. In John 6.51 it says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Again, in that discourse, Jesus is talking to the lawyers, to the Pharisees. And they're talking, you know, your fathers ate manna. In, in, God rained down manna from heaven. And they ate it, but they died. I'm telling you, that was, he said, that I am the true manna from heaven. Whoever will eat of this bread will live forever. Yeah, I know, it's not really exciting right now, is it? But that's what this scripture means. I need to know what the scripture means. I can't just read this and not really know. Because too many people in churches right now are doing that. They're reading and they're hearing, you know, how, well, this applies to your life. How, what does it mean? How does it apply? What, what are you talking about? They heard the gospel. I thought Jesus didn't come until thousands of years after that. Well, that's right, he didn't. But God was showing them what was going to happen. And I just told you, and it shared. Amen? Amen. Okay, so now let's go back to Hebrews. And now we're going to go, remember the therefore where it started, where chapter 4 started. It said therefore. Well, this is why it was there. In in, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, beginning verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be any in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Don't wait tomorrow. If you know your brother needs some exhortation, if you know someone needs to be built up, either they need something physically to help them or they need your prayer, don't, well, I'll, do, I'll, I'll remember this later. I'll do this later. Don't take care of it now. Hallelujah. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear His voice, remember this, if you will hear His voice, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. What is, what is the apostle referring to? The children of Israel, Right? See, that, that's, that's why you need to know. What's he referring to? He's referring to that, that same situation that we just described. For, for who having heard, rebelled. Who having what? Heard. heard. Rebelled. Indeed, it was not all who came out of Egypt led by... Not, is not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses. Now, with whom he was he was angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned? whose corpses fell in the wilderness, and to whom he did swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who did, who, but those who did not obey, they didn't enter his rest. Those who did not obey. They heard, but
but they didn't obey. So, so we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. Still not, I could tell you're still not getting, you know, it's not, it's not quite ringing, is it? So back to verse, I'm back to chapter 4, verse 3. For we who have believed do enter his rest. We heard this, now remember, this apostle is speaking to the church. So we who have believed, we do enter his rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken to a certain place of the seventh day in this way. God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. So, what is this talking about? What is, I, I, I want to know. We talked a, a little bit about you know, this rest being this repose. And now we get a little bit of further enhancement or further meaning when it says that God, it speaks this way in the, in the Scripture, speaking to Genesis. God rested on the seventh day from all his works, right? So does that mean God has stopped being active? No, of course not. So is God still moving and working? Yes. So what could that mean? That means that the earth in chaos, or the earth as it was, and he reformed it, he did what he did. And then when he did what he did, through the sixth day, the seventh day, okay, that work of recreation is done. Amen? Okay, so watch. For you and for me, what does is this rest? I mean, gosh, I, I don't rest. I, I'm still an old man, but I still stay busy. And I know there's a lot of folks in this room that either have already retired, but we're still busy. We still do things. And those of us who have not, not retired yet, and those of us who are, are still learning and still getting pushed toward the ministry, toward the work that God has called us to, we're working right now diligently in you know, preparing and, and, and you know, possibly already hearing from God and, and going in that direction. And thank God you were here helping us this morning, but then some of you, some others in this room. Man, you're raising kids. You're helping people out. You're working in the church, some of you. You're do, there's a lot of things. You're busy. Come on. Is there anybody in this room who can honestly say, I am not busy at all. I've got nothing to do. Raise your hand. I'm so glad, man, and you're smart because I would have put you to work right, right now. I'm so glad. But no, so, so but listen, we all can relate. Remember what Pharaoh said. I'm going to keep them busy so they don't remember who they are. That's what that was all about. The enemy of your soul, the world system, it is designed that way to keep you burdened and busy so that you forget who you are in Christ and you start looking You start looking and doing and you're too busy, you can't spend time and you can't enter his rest. What does his rest mean? That means I get to sit back and, and maybe just read the word a little bit. I'm going to read my chapter a day and I'm going to no. This rest is obviously spiritual. It is obviously spiritual. The Bible speaks in, in uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews. It talks about those who are looking forward in faith to this promise. It says something like this, that they were looking forward to an eternal city, one that was built, whose foundation is, what is built by God. So even those Old Testament saints, they knew there was something more. So for for the Old Testament saints that believed and trusted in God, the promised land was just just a kind of a foreshadow of what was to come. They knew that there was more than just that promised land. They knew that there was more than just that area, amen, that was promised to them. This land flowing with milk and honey. Most of them had, man, let the milk and honey flow, baby. I'm going to go in there. We're going to take it a little bit easy. We're going to be protected from all our enemies. Now I'm going to rest. 
No. No. That was just kind of a picture of what could come. And the Old Testament saints that lived by faith, they knew they were looking ahead to a heavenly city. Right? Not built with man's hands. Not protected by man. They knew that there was something else. That all of these things spoke to a bigger, better, and eternal promise. I am so glad to know that now that I'm older. And I know what a lot of people think. Well, Tony's older. His kind of preaching, that went out. You know, we got to preach this younger stuff. we got to preach this Bible, this new Bible, this new translation that is kind of more modernized, you see. It has to be reimagined, you see, because we're living in a more modern day and age and people can't relate to centuries and centuries ago. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. If you're trying to reimagine Him, you don't know Him. You don't know Him. So, so now old Pastor Tony, with all the gray hair and some of it falling out, old Pastor Tony's going to stand here and tell you, listen, I am also looking forward to that heavenly city, baby. I'm also looking forward to what comes eternally. Hallelujah. I praise Him. I love Him here and now. But I'm so grateful, like the Paul says, hey, if this is all we have, is it what we have in this life? Aren't we most pitiable people on earth? If this is all we have, Paul says we we got to be the most pitiable people on earth. We have this and we have that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we have this, this, this rest that's spiritual. It is a repose. But what does it mean to us? It means that to them exactly, and I remember... There was some of the church that were still um, living, trying to live Judaism, and they were the Judaizers, and they were saying that you still have to live by the Mosaic law. And so part of what this scripture is speaking, it's directly uh, toward that, that you don't have to do all of these works of the law, but by the works of the law shall no flesh be saved. But you don't have to do that. Now it's all been done in Jesus. So now you put your faith and trust in Jesus. You rest in Jesus. So stop working the religious works and do the work that Jesus has called you to do and it's all taken care of. Amen? So we know in a sense that's, that's part of it. I can, so now Tony, uh, how does that apply to Tony's life? Because Tony is not trying to live the, uh, the law of Moses. I'm not trying to live the first five books of the Bible. I've been, I understand that Jesus has already fulfilled that. I'm free from that in Christ and I've got to live and follow Christ. But in this walk that I have with Christ, I've I got to stop letting the world beat me up so bad and take away this rest that I have in Him. Come on. I'm going to... I wish my wife was in here to make faces at me because I struggle so much with this. I, I want to tell you, Jesus said this in, in Matthew eleven twenty and 20. Come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Yes. Did you hear that? Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. Not take my yoke upon you and let's walk this walk. He wants you to take his yoke upon you. What does that mean? That means that you're not going to pull your load on your own. And it's not your load. See, we're taking on all of this load. And he himself is saying, yoke up with me. Because you may be even pulling the wrong darn cart anyway. Forgive my Dade City vernacular. But you understand? You're, 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 You're pulling the wrong cart. 
some of us are pulling the wrong card. We think that this is the, 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 the avenue that God has chosen for us, or, and, we're, and we wonder why we're always struggling. You know, this is something that, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm a singer because my father was a singer, his father was a singer, and the father before that was a singer, or, you know, I've got to be a carpenter because, you know, my father was a carpenter, and his father was a carpenter, and, that, you know, that's what we do. Now, as simple and as silly as that sounds, I've heard things like that, where this is what I was taught. I am like this because of mom, dad, fill in the blank. I am like this because. So you've went ahead and you've given yourself permission, or and it doesn't necessarily even have negative connotations as far as we're all concerned. It could be a very admirable thing. There's nothing wrong if I became, because uh, I was going to do it. My father was a mason. Uh, before he became a minister, he was a mason, and that's the, the course that I was going to take. I did not want to go to college, and I thought, that's it, I'm not going to do that. Me and my father were going to business. I'm going to be a mason, and I'm going to do you know all kind of masonry work, and that's going to be that. He raised a family on it. I'll raise a family on it. But that wasn't the course that Jesus had laid out for me. And it would have been very honorable. My mother and father took care of my, my, my sister and I. Uh, they sacrificed. They did a lot of things in order for my sister and I to have a roof over our head, have food on the table. They did what they thought they, they should be doing, and they did it well. So here, here's the thing. So I'm not saying that it has to have a negative connotation or you know, what you're necessarily the cart that you're, you've chosen to pull is necessarily a bad thing. It is a bad thing, though, if it's not the one that Jesus wants you yoked to with Him. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose that He's called you to. And sometimes when we suffer these problems, we're in the middle of these circumstances, it's not because God abandoned us, and it's not because God doesn't love us. It's because we chose to go that way. But my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. As soon as we get down on our face and we say, God, okay, speak to me, Lord. We got to hear. Remember that? What I was trying to point out to you. Something in the, the, we got to hear. As soon as you say that, God, wham, been waiting for you to come my way. Let's go ahead. Now, let, now we're yoked up. Now you're yoked up in the right place. Now you're going to be pulling the right cart. Now you're going down the right street. Are you with me? Man, does anybody else get excited about this stuff besides me? I'm telling you, this is the way God operates. But we operate according to our own minds. We operate according to our wisdom. And we think, okay, we're okay. It's not bad. It's, it's fruitful. I am, you know, after all, I'm not starving. The kids ain't starving. Oh, really? Maybe they're starving for something else. Come on. Hallelujah. Did you hear that symbol? <laughs> Who said I'm not musically inclined? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Some of you are getting a little bit too tight. We needed to... Today, listen, remember. Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Did you hear that? See, I, I had... A couple of messages. I, I enjoyed being with you kids last week, and you know some of that stuff was hanging on to me, and I just can't shake some of this stuff. It's just I don't know. So I've got all of this stuff flying at me. But at the same time, when we were talking about the Word of God and we were sharing, and and and, and we, you know what, the Word, the, the logos, Greek word logos, the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Logos. Logos. But there's another word, another Greek word that's in the Bible. 
that's used, and it's called Rhema. In fact, there's a school and a whole doctrine or denomination built on Rhema. Uh, let me read to you an example of Rhema. 2 Timothy 3.16, which you all are familiar with. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, the word rhema wasn't used there. But it's God-breathed. Okay? So now, he answered and said, Jesus, when he was tempted in the, in the uh, wilderness, when he went in, driven by the Holy Spirit to be tempted after he was baptized. Remember, the enemy of our soul came to him and started to tempt him. Tempt him. He had fasted. He was in a weakened condition. The enemy shows him bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not logos. So you had the logos saying to the enemy that I don't need that bread. What I need is the rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you there? Okay. Hearing. What are we hearing? All right? Romans. So faith comes by hearing, hearing or understanding by the rhema, not the logos. Logos, Jesus, logos, rhema. Rhema. John, 663. I just love these. It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words, the rhema, that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The rhema. Okay, Tony, big deal. Logos, Greek. Rhema, Greek. Were well, you just trying to impress us with your Greek? Oh yeah, it's very impressive, isn't it? Listen, no, this means something. What, what, what does this mean? It, it, God, there's different words being used. There's this spoken word. This spoken word. This word that is exhaled by God. Yeah, but Tony, you just said, and the scripture says of itself, that all scripture is exhaled by God. That's true, it is. But everybody that reads this, are they hearing from God? It's about to get weird. Not really. Not really. See, my brothers and sisters, the that one doctrine or denomination that's built on that, they'll say that, you know, it's rhema to us when Holy Spirit brings it to us. And I agree with that to a great degree. I I really do. In John 14, these things I have spoken to you, Jesus speaking to his apostles, while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. Now watch. How will he bring to your remembrance? It has to involve words. Doesn't it? It has to involve words. The way, the way that God, and as we've studied together with our young people, and as we've studied together, the Word of God is, 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 is the way or the means by which God has chosen to communicate with His most prized creation, us. It has to be expressed in words, by language, discernible language, right? So now Holy Spirit's going to speak to us in a discernible language. While we're reading... Some of you may be, while I'm saying, it's confirming a word that God has already placed in your heart. Come on. And you guys, I'm telling you, this, this is marrow to the bones here. I'm, I'm telling you. I say to you that for every idle word, this is Jesus, every idle word men speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Rhema. That's the Greek word rhema. Well, I thought rhema was the word of God. No, it's the spoken word. 
It's not just the word of God. That's the Greek way of saying a word that was spoken, a word that was delivered. But see, look, so for me and for you, what does this mean? Again, I can read this word, but it's not going to mean, it's not going to do anything for me until I understand that this is God breathed. And I listen, and I experience it as God breathed. There are a lot of people in churches all over this world right now who are studying the Word of God and maybe students of the Word of God. But let me ask you something. Really, let's get right down to business right now. Do you really believe that every word in this book is inspired, breathed by God? Okay, yes. Do you live by every word of it? Okay, that's not meant to throw stones at you in any way. But my brothers and sisters, you guys are here in this little old, this small church on a Sunday. We don't have the bells and whistles. So you're obviously here to hear from God. Right? So you care. There's no question about it. You care about your relationship with God. You're here for a reason. Not to hear your second favorite. No, I'm the first favorite preacher. No. Are are you with me though? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So you're here for a reason. You you love God and you want to hear from God. Isn't that right? My brothers and sisters, I, I, and there's, there's, there's things that we do, things that we say, and, and things that we, without understanding. We'll, we'll get a word and we'll repeat a word. And don't get me wrong, it's good. Memorize the scripture. But make sure that that scripture is not something that we've just intellectually understood, or we understand up here, or we can explain it on an intellectual level. It has to, my words are spirit and they are life. It has to bring life to you. You have to understand that this is God-breathed. Every word is God-breathed, so every word is serious business. Amen. You're too serious, Tony. Eh, I don't know. I just know what this says. Amen. And what does it say? It says that He loves me. First and foremost, it says that He loves me. It says that, yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, there's not anybody that's righteous. No matter how good we think we are, there's none righteous, no, not one. So he said, but even though you're not righteous and you cannot achieve my righteousness on your own, I love you so much that I'm going to go ahead and take a body myself and pay for your sins. I'm going to be that serpent. When you look upon that, you're going to see all of your sin and all of your shame on that pole. And that's pointing to the Jesus that you and I look back upon and see all of our sin on that pole. Hallelujah. This is great stuff. But, my, but it's only great if you believe it. It's only great if it's in you. Well, see, I could believe that part. But some of that stuff, Tony, that's the problem. Some of that stuff. Man, we need to get right in the middle of it. And, and, and God, teach me. God, show me. Yes. And He will. Why? He loves you. And he, and he delivered this for you. I'm re- I, when I was considering all of this, Paul came to mind. Remember Paul? Paul is uh, one of the, I think, the second greatest evangelists to ever walk the earth. He suffered greatly for the cause of Christ. Remember? So now I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Just listen with me. They're not going to have any more of this stuff on the board. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Do you understand what he's saying? Tony language. 
unless I got the because I'm getting so much revelation from God because God has taken me into the third heaven because God has get, has given me a revelation that he hasn't given anybody else because he's equipped me and he's given me he's downloaded in me and I'm able to evangelize and start all of these churches in Asia Minor all of this work that God has given me to do I, I just can't get the big head and I don't want people to think that I'm Jesus and God didn't want people to think that either so the enemy came to buffet him. And, and I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, a messenger of Satan, I've shared this with a lot of you many times, and I'm going to share it one more time. I love it when different people come here, I can say the same thing, and they don't know it. <laughs> no, but I really believe in my heart that that buffeter, that messenger from Satan, truly was the fact that the enemy of his soul always remind him he started out killing the church. So there's no question in my mind that the enemy of his soul brought to pictures in his brain of some of those women and children, some of those people that he had arrested and then killed. And he had to live with that for the rest of his life. But God talked to him. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, listen, Rhema, the spoken word of God, the spoken word of God. This is, what, this is what he said. God said to him, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, Paul says, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That the power of Christ may rest upon Are you there? So now watch. Me and you have read that. That was rhema to Paul. It wasn't it. Oh, come on. That, I'm, gonna, I'm over here. These are you. They're awake. That was rhema to Paul, wasn't it? It was. It came right to him, right from God. Paul is praying to God. I'm praying for this buffer, this messenger, this thing that's plaguing me, this thing that keeps me up at night. You ever anything ever keep you up at night? Can you imagine what these th- thoughts going through his head? And and Satan, what's Satan trying to do? He's trying to nullify his ministry. He's trying to get him to pull back. But Paul is saying, I can't pull back, so God, help me. Help me, help me. Remove this. God says, nuh-uh. Directly, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. What is my grace? My unmerited favor? No, my power, everything that I'm putting in you, all of the word that I'm giving you, and the power to do it, all of that is grace. All of that that I'm giving you, that is made perfect in your weakness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now watch. That's Logos. That's Logos. But that has to become Rhema to me. It doesn't work for me until it becomes Rhema. Do you understand that? Am I making any sense at all here? See, this has to be Rhema to me. This can't be just words on a page. What happened for Paul? Okay, well God, you're no no respecter of person. You did it for Paul now. Do it for me. Now, I'm going to sit in awe of him. And I'm going to say, God... Wow. Wow. And so I see the reaction of the Apostle Paul. Am I, am I in a position, if God spoke to me like that, would I do that? that, that do, did I believe it was Rhema? Right? See, my brothers and sisters, we get this all of... We're so good at, and at least certainly in the charismatic churches and some of the churches, and I'm, I'm not trying to rip anybody, but you understand. Listen, I've heard so many times, well, God told me this. God said that. Okay, maybe, maybe not. 
and I've shared some things with you, and I don't want to... Man, I remember we were preparing for something, uh, an outing in here one night, and some person says to me, Oh, look at that. I just saw these colors, and uh, you know, God has said this to me. Mm. No. 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 God has just... You know, I, I saw this, or I, God just nudged me and said, Okay, does it line up with the Word? First thing. Does it line up with the Word? And if it, if it is that, then what usefulness? How is God telling you that right now? How is that glorifying Him? Because if it doesn't, then it's not of God. It has to some way lead to you becoming um, more attuned, in tune with the course that He's called you to, and that course always glorifies Him, brings glory to Him. Amen? So if, if it's working in that regard, hallelujah, praise the Lord you heard from Him. Amen? But, hmm... Come on. Now, when we first, when we did our relaunch here, uh, believe it or not, we actually had ministers. We had a minister of uh, worship and um, we had a youth pastor. And Rachel, and well, it would be Mitch now, but Rachel and Mitch would have now been the leaders of the kids at heart, the grade school kids, the elementary school age. Rachel's uh, helping with youth and Mitch is helping with youth right now, which we praise the Lord for. But then we had a youth pastor, we had a worship leader. And while we were still remodeling this building, because this didn't look anything like it looks right now. So we were remodeling the building, and um, we were meeting on Wednesday nights, our core group and stuff like that. And so I remember I was sitting on this platform, and we had some little chairs, and there was dust and, you know, wood, and, you know, it was, was kind of neat. But we had our Wednesday night Bible study. And so I was talking to the group, and I said something about, you know, we need to hear from God. We need Rama. And I forget t- total details of what I was talking about, but you know, going forward as a group, as, as a church, with this core group, going forward, if we were going to be successful in this ministry, we have to hear from God, and it has to be. Now, one of these ministers took offense. And basically, you know, I hear from God all the time. You know, I hear from God, or God speaks to me in, uh, when, my, when my kids smile. That's not God. That's emotion. I'm getting emotional right now. My brothers and sisters, that's not God and that's the problem in the church. We see something and it gives us a warm and fuzzy and we think God is talking to us. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. No, man. If we have an emotional experience, you know, we'll be like Israel. Israel. You know, they, they, they see the bodies wash up on shore. They start singing and dancing. Oh, I will sing unto the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously. That's why we need singers. A horse and a rider thrown into the sea. And they're singing and dancing. And, and you know, the, the sister of Moses gets it. She starts plant banging on the tambourine. And they're having all their good time. But they, they go three days and they're on water. Now, hey, let's go back there. Why? It was totally emotional. My brothers and sisters, Rama is not does not play with your emotions. Rama gets down deep in your soul and speaks to you on a level. And sometimes it's not good. Sometimes, and, and I'm going to tell you, and you should be thankful when it steps on your toes. When Rama says, "Stop this and do that," thank you, Lord. That's the Lord loving on you. How many of you? I mean, we're, we, me and. <laughs> Me and, and Gary, we're a couple of old guys and we've, we've raised our children. And you know, how many times do we have to smack their hand to keep it from going in a place that we didn't want it to go? How many times do we have to warn our kids and sometimes a little sternly? Why? Don't run in the street. Or, oh, please, don't run in the street. Oh, they're going to go. I, should I catch them? 
No, you're passionate about it. You go, you're not going to let that happen. Why? You love that kid. You don't want any hurt or harm to come to that kid. I need a word from God. I need God for to get inside and touch my heart and say, don't do that. Or God to reach down in me and say, well, it says it right here. Yeah, but until this gets in here with some passion. Come on, until I understand this as a rhema and not just a logos. Don't get me wrong. I am in no way uh, nullifying or putting down logos. Because in the beginning was the logos, Jesus. So by no means do I want, far be it from me, to, 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 to... to nullify that or minimize that at all. Absolutely not. I know Him from here. Right? And so I get to know Him more as He continues to reveal, as this becomes rhema to me. Am I making any sense to anybody? I'm going to go back. Psalms 95. Got a few more minutes. Psalms 95 verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice. Did you hear that? Huh? Isn't that awesome? Today, if you, me, us, if we will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. See, that's the worst thing that we can do. We hear a word from God. The preacher says something. Well, I'm not going to that church anymore. That's happened quite a bit here, evidently. It has. And I've been lambasted all over town. I don't care. (laughs) I'm telling you, listen, don't harden your heart. If you get something that doesn't appeal to you emotionally, that just, you know, rings your bell and you don't feel the hair going up on the back of your neck, don't discount it. Don't discount it. Measure it against this. Make sure it's the Word of God. But just because it doesn't tickle your fancy doesn't mean that God isn't trying to talk to you. So don't harden your heart. When Holy Spirit comes to you, and we've talked about this many times, listen, we can do a couple of things. We can grieve Him. Come on. We can quench Him. Then it starts getting easier not to hear God. We'll never receive rhema then. Why? Because that's how we get rhema, by the Holy Spirit. So if we quench Him, if we grieve Him, we're not going to get rhema anymore. So we can read, 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 and it's going to be us. Oh my gosh, I just got something. Ha! And then it becomes work. <laughs> that, that's, that's a nugget from heaven right there. Because then without that rhema, this becomes work. Now it's, I can't do this, i got to do that. Uh, God is just so much into this behavior modification thing. God is not into behavior modification. God is into transformation. He wants to take you and me where we are and make us what He wants us to be. Hallelujah. And He does that by His Word and Spirit speaking to us that it becomes rhema. Hallelujah. Life-giving words. Hallelujah. Life-transforming. Hallelujah. Hey, I don't hear anybody else saying hallelujah. Am I the only one that needs to be changed? Hallelujah. God is good. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay. So, uh, harden not your hearts, as in the rebellion, speaking again, pointing back to the... You know, by the way, if the uh, promised land, or the rest, was simply spoken of the promised land, this was after the promised land. So now, we know it's spiritual. God has laid all of the ground, God has told us, so it's more than that. Joshua led them into the promised land, didn't he? but there still remained a rest, didn't it? Amen. So it wasn't the promised land. 
So that's how I know that, just in case. Oh, Tony says this, but the pastor said that. No, that's what it is. As in the day of the trial of the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me, they saw my work. They saw what I did. They saw the signs, wonders, and miracles. They saw the gospel being preached before them. They saw it. For 40 years I was grieved at that, with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. Let's look back at a couple of things here, my brothers and sisters. Man, we are His people. He is God. We're not. We are, listen, we are His creation. We, we got to stop trying to recreate Him and understand that we are His creation. Amen? And then listen, hear. Hear His voice. And when you hear it, if it's something that you don't agree with or it's something that you don't like, doesn't matter. Don't harden your heart toward it. Be open toward it. Yes. Amen? Amen? Let Holy Spirit lead God and direct you. Yes. See, I, I've, so many times, and I've shared this with you as well, so many times I've been in, in uh, services before where I'd be, and I know some of you can say yes and amen, so if you want to, please do. But so many times where I've been studying the Word or I've been in the Word and then I go to a service and darn it, that pastor wasn't preaching on what I was just studying. <laughs> Ever happened to anybody else? Man, it happens all the time. It used to happen to me all the time. And then I know like later on when we were, uh, when we were doing the relaunch and you know, we, uh, when we first started out, we had a, we had a lot of kids and we, had, you know, we didn't have night services yet so we were going down to Pastor Russo's and at, at, you know, at night we go there at night he would be preaching the same thing I preached in the morning. And some of the kids, I mean, it was very obvious. The kids were taking notice. It was so, it was so noticeable. It was so, you know, heart-grabbing that I'd be sitting at the end of the row and there'd be a row of teenagers and family and, I, and I, the pastor would say something exactly what I said, scripture I said. I'd lean over like this. There'd be a couple of them leaning over like that with eyes this big. Is God talking to us? Yes, that's Rhema. God is confirming a word. Was it, was it Logos? Yeah, but now He's confirming it in you. So now it becomes Rhema. Are, are you there? I'm not trying to go sideways or take great latitude with the Word of God. I'm saying this has to get down in your heart. And God is going to minister by His Holy Spirit and let you know this is for you. Yes. Amen? So many times. I've had... On the opposite side, because it makes you feel good, because it gives you chill bumps, that doesn't mean that it's God. That doesn't mean that it's Rhema. And I've shared this with you before. I mean, I've, I had a secretary when I was living up north, I had a secretary come to work and tell me, hey, God told me that I'm supposed to pray with you. Really? How come he didn't tell me? I was with him this morning. And I'm not trying to be funny. And I'm, hey, listen, and I'm not trying, and I wasn't trying to make her feel bad. I said it nicer than that. I'm not, I wasn't trying to make anybody feel bad. But, but, but again, God said, uh, really? Are, are, you, are you there? I've had so many, well, God told me that I was to come here and I'm supposed to do this in the church. Really? Do you, I think he would have told me if, too, and we would be in, My brothers and sisters, we can't just fly off. We've got to measure it against this and we've got to make sure. Let's check it. Let's make sure it's, it's Holy Spirit. So now also, something else. Just before I left the house, I, I read this and it ministered to me. Remember King David. King David was in sin. 
You know, he committed adultery. He had the uh, husband of the woman he committed adultery with killed. And so, you know, the prophet Nathan comes to him, tells him that parable, and he tells him that parable, and now David's out, he's, he's enraged. That person should die. And everything that he stole should be re, you know, restored fourfold. And, you know, I'm a, uh, Nathan, that was you. And then, thus saith the Lord. And he said, I saw every... I'm going to just paraphrase it now because you guys are going to fall asleep in a minute. I, I, I saw everything you did. I know everything you did. David repented like nobody's business and he begged God not to take his spirit from him and renew a right spirit in him. He begged him, right? So then the baby that she gives birth to is ill right away, right? So David, he's fasting and praying, He's fasting before the Lord. He's in the middle of ashes and he's just fasting. And he's just totally distraught and he's fasting and, and praying. And, and so then, you know, the, the, the baby dies. And so now all of his inner circle guys, they're standing there and say, oh, what do we do, man? If we give him the bad news, he's either going to kill himself or kill one of us. Because if he's been that distraught for this, this many days about the baby when it was alive, what are we, what's he going to do when we tell him the baby died? David looks up, he sees, and he knows something's up. Did the baby die? Yeah. How does David react? David cleaned himself up, freshened up, and went in and worshipped God. What? I got to tell you, that would be very hard for old Pastor Tony to do. If somebody hurt one of my grandkids right now, or man, it would be awfully hard for Pastor Tony just to go ahead and let bygones be bygones or whatever. Are, are you hearing me? I'm just being straight up with you. Can you imagine that? And David, so that tells me something, you see. When Dave, and, and you know what? You know what? It was the seventh day. It was the seventh day when he heard that news. And that seventh day, he went back and worshipped God. He entered into God's rest. He worshipped God. And that whole time that he's begging the Lord to, to heal his, his child, that whole time, he's just an attitude of prayer. You're God. Come, let's kneel, bow down, and worship before him. He's praying. And he got revelation. How do you know, Tony? Read it. What did he say? I can't do anything to bring that baby back. I can't bring him here, but I'm going there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So while David is in there fasting and praying before the Lord, he's having fellowship with God. He's hearing God. He's entering into God's rest. Did it break his heart? Of course. But now he's done the thing, you see. He's, he's kneeled, he's knelt before the Lord. He's having fellowship with God. So he gets this news and now he's ready for it. What's he ready for? Well, I'm not going to be able to bring him back, but I'm going to see him. Amen? And so now what am I going to do? Seventh day, I'm going back. I'm going back into the house of the Lord and I'm going to worship God. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome stuff. I want to be there. I want to be in that. 
I want to, you know, so many of us are experiencing difficulties in our lives right now, whether we're sick in our bodies, whether we're having decisions to make in our jobs. You know, and, and let's just be honest. I, I, I have a, a neighbor who's not born again. His wife is a Buddhist, as a matter of fact. I think he's agnostic. But he, I just, he just, we just, I'll be out there and I've told you about him before. We'll, we'll be cutting the grass and he'll see me, I'll see him, and then one of us will bring over a water to the other guy. Yesterday he came over. But I'm always trying to minister God to him, you know, always trying to talk to him a little bit. But we're talking about how, you know, how things are in this world. People are so stressed. People are ready to fight. Have you noticed that? I mean, I don't know if it's just me noticing, but man, I mean, people are stressed. People are under the gun. There's fear over the pandemic, and then when they're, and that's caused people to be uh, upset with each other. Um, then there's there's th- this uncertainty of you know uh, are we going to have Christmas this year? The shelves are empty. Are we going to have food on the shelf? There's all of this stuff, right? And it's causing the average, especially if you want to make sure that you feed your kids, right? Come on, stay with me. You ain't going to beat the Baptist there, so just forget that. <laughs> but listen, listen. So now we have all this stress and tension. So me and Dave are talking, and Dave says, yeah, I've noticed that. And so this guy is not born again. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's time. What do you think, Tony? I said, well, I think exactly what the Word of God says. In the last days, this is how it's going to be. So now, what do I do? I've got to watch myself because I don't want to join in with those people with these negative confessions and all that. i got the Word of God. That's rhema to me, you see. And I'm saying, okay. It's getting bad and it's going to get worse. However, (laughs) I know somebody. And he knows me. And he's going to come. There's going to be a trumpet sound before it gets really out of hand. There's going to be a trumpet that sounds and I'm going to be with him. They're arresting pastors in Canada right now. There's at least 25 that have been jailed already. I fully expect that it's going to come here. Maybe while I'm still here. So, all y'all bail me out. (laughs) No, but, but listen, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, I do believe that. So watch. So, do, so now do I act in fear? Do I, what do I do? No. I enter His rest. God, speak to me. God, you're God. I'm going to kneel before you. God, you're God. I'm not. I'm going to worship and adore you. So now, Lord, let this be Raymond to me. Speak to me those words that I need to hear. Amen? Amen. That will allow me to rest in you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So stand with me, please. So, so I am uh, very happy that we have uh, musicians and singers. And I'm in their way right now. However, I, w- I want you to not think of this as mood music or music to entice you to something. My hope is that the Word of God has already done that. And so that you know, hey, listen, I have you know, been stressed. I have been working real hard to do these things. And yeah, I know that there are some things that God has revealed in my heart, these habits that I have or these things that I'm doing. And God has already told me, don't do that. But I keep struggling with it. Well, let me just say, if you're struggling with these things, that's because maybe you haven't received rhema. You've read the words on the page but it hasn't been word from God to you yet. So, listen, 
Okay, Tony, well, what do I do? How, okay, maybe you're right. And I'm willing to say, okay, that's true. Okay, so what do I do? So here's what you do. Bow down before him. And say, God, I've heard this word now. Are you speaking to me? And I know that by the power of Holy Spirit, you could speak to this to me and you can live it in me. You can give me the power to do it. And that's what I want, God. Be God in my life. Amen? Amen. So listen, as the music's playing, worship him. Come and kneel. Kneel where you are. Acknowledge he is God. He is God. And let him speak to you. Amen? Amen. Amen.